0: Hello everyone, welcome lovely birds. This is the Secret Birds HQ podcast and this is podcast episode 31 and today we are joined by Miss Melissa Boutin and Melissa is a native of St. and Nevis and she is a certified financial education instructor, money coach and founder of Your Money Worth Com. And yourmoneyworth.com is a platform that provides resources for millennials in the Caribbean region and the United States. Hello, Melissa.
1: Hello, Joanne. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am so excited to have you on because the topic we are going to discuss is so, so good and so, so relevant. So today, Melissa uh, will be sharing with us her thoughts on personal finance for Caribbean women millennials, right? So Melissa, tell us more about you and your story and how you got to where you are now.
1: Well, um, Joanne, I grew up in St. Kitts and Nevis. I actually um, finished high school there. Right. So I came of age um, on the island, um, a country girl um, in the village of Bellevue. Okay. And um, I was one of many Caribbean people who grew up in the Caribbean but had a green card. So that enabled me to go and, um, relocate to Miami, Florida after high school, um, to pursue, um, a higher education. Okay. When it came to moving from the Caribbean to Miami and just navigating, um, how to go to school, how to finance it. Um, I was, I was faced with um, not having the knowledge to access financial aid as a, as a um, green card holder, um, and I ended up having to rely on Caribbean student loans. So even though I had this access to being a resident in the U.S., um, I ended up taking on both um, debt here in the U.S. and in the Caribbean to fund... Um, My college degree. Um, Once I was into my second year um, at my private university, I realized that at the rate I was taking on student loans to get the degree that I was pursuing, um, you know, I would end up in more than, you know, $100,000 in student loans. And at that point, I realized that I had to do something different to get off of that track. So I decided to change schools go to a different university that was cheaper, um, apply myself and get scholarships, and reduce the amount of um, financial burden I had to complete my degree. Um, After finishing um, college and um, going on to graduate school, I also faced the the setback of trying to find a full-time Position in the middle of the recession in two thousand eight. By that time, I had about sixty-eight thousand dollars in student loan and credit card debt, and that weighed heavily on me. Um, You know, achieving my degree, having a bachelor's and a master's, following the path that all, all our parents say that we should follow, taking advantage of all the opportunities that you know our parents, our my parents and my grandparents didn't have but facing, facing all this debt in the process. So once I was able to get a full-time position, I applied myself and had to figure out how to overcome um, this burden of debt. And five years after I got my first position, I was able to pay off um, 37,000 of my student loan debt um, and purchase a home in those five years. Um, at that time, After achieving that, I realized that um, a lot of Caribbean millennials who go to college in the U.S. with a Caribbean student loan um, had a lot of confusion about how the student loans worked. Um, I even had to kind of figure them out on my own. And it was very difficult to get information from my student loan lender in St. Kitts and talking to other millennials in the region and um, who are living in the US, they had the same issues. Mm -hmm. So that prompted me to create yourmoneyworth.com just to fill that void of information uh, about student loans and personal finance information that I didn't see provided from a perspective of a Caribbean person, um, how to manage your money Um, when looking after extended family and other obligations and um, overcoming student loan debt when you get the higher education that all of us are encouraged to get.
0: Wow, that is quite a journey and quite a story. You know, as I was listening to you, I started thinking about all, Well, firstly, thanks for sharing that. I started thinking about all of the foreigners and immigrants and specifically Caribbean people who have gone on that exact same journey. And how many of them are still muddled and strangled by debt? you know, because you were very fortunate. Like you said, you had a green card. So you were able to access American loans. And then of course you were accessing loans from your country, St. Kitts and Nevis, which by the way, shout out to St. Kitts and Nevis, my mother country too. Ha <laughs> <Yeah>, ha yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To all the Kittishens and divisions, but, um, and that's actually really scary that you can be 70. Well, you know, let's say you're coming out to St. Kitts and you don't do your, um, your GCXCs or, or whatever they're calling them now. Is it CXEs in the Caribbean? CXCs, correct. Yeah. So you're leaving at age 16, for example, yeah. and you get to the U.S. and you graduate at 20 and you're just mired in debt. That is a scary thought.
1: Yes, it is. And actually, um, since 2010, in terms of um, Caribbean students coming to America to study, It's about 140,000 since 2010. Right. And the Caribbean has been, for the past couple of years, the fastest-growing sending country of international students to the U.S. And according to a report from the Caribbean Development Bank, 80% of Caribbean students use a Caribbean student loan to fund their studies. So on the flip side of that, though, there's hardly any information about the student loans that they use to fund these, these studies, um, or information on how to minimize taking on debt while trying to achieve their, their higher education.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. And I think the average, I mean, a lot of Caribbean people, and I know for this particular, um, uh, podcast we're talking about women so a yes. lot of Caribbean women are I'm imagining most of the people coming young people coming out of the Caribbean who are coming to the U.S. or Europe wherever they're off to to get their education are women because you know women make up majority of, of, of the individuals in universities right
1: yes and, and yes and that is particularly true for um, the Caribbean region mm-hmm. um, I know that is the case now in the U.S. but the, in the Caribbean it has been the case um, for for much longer yes um, so that is correct so most of those students would be um, women could are Caribbean women
0: yeah I think globally research shows that women around the world just they're just more women in universities, um, than men. So all of these women are coming out of the Caribbean and a lot of them are getting scholarships fine, but sometimes the scholarship money isn't enough. So you've got to supplement that. Right. And you take out these loans. So talk to us a little bit about interest on these loans so we can get an idea of how much you're ac- you're really paying on these loans.
1: So, um, Caribbean student loans, um, I would first say, are usually um, offered locally and in each um, Caribbean country. And they are offered typically by development banks or a special bureau that is um, focused on um, giving um, student loans. Um, Some countries like um, St. Lucia, I know their um, commercial bank do offer student loans, um, but they're mainly offered by the quasi-government um, development banks. Right. Um, these student loans um, are, they can have interest rates of 8% annually and above. Right. And the student loan system uh, was actually created to increase the access of um, Caribbean students to go to, to college. Um, particularly for, for students who, who who don't come from a family with means.
0: Mm-hmm. However,
1: um, the student loans that are offered um, do require cosigners and cosigners who are credit worthy and have assets. Yeah. So when Caribbean students take out student loans, um, they, they have to have a cosigner. Mm-hmm. And in some cases now, um, I think in, in most cases now um, the cosigner has to put up some th- sort of collateral, whether it's land or um, other types of assets. Right. And um, more than the interest um, itself, the, the size of the interest, the eight percent or nine um, or ten percent, the 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 challenge with the interest is more so how it's calculated on the student loan, um, while While you're in school, um, the interest on your student loan continues to accrue, and depending on what agreement um, the student has with the the Caribbean student loan lender, um, you would be required to make interest payments during um, your in-school period. Mm. Um, what happens when you're in school? You get disbursements over time, so you may get a, a disbursement to cover the first semester, a second one um, for the following semester, um, maybe none in the summer, and then you know it continues until you graduate. Sure. Whenever you have a new disbursement, the principal on your student loan increases, and the amount of interest that accrues while you're in school also increases. So um, when students borrow and and are not aware that the interest that they're paying well in school, the payment needs to increase as the principal balance increases. Um, they can end up graduating and having an interest balance that they don't understand uh, why it got there, but um, they're not aware that the amount of interest building up is changing. The yeah. second thing, um, and one of the main reasons, rather, they don't know that, and I didn't know that, is... In the Caribbean, Caribbean lenders are not required to provide monthly statements to their um, borrowers. Wow. And actually, yes, and actually the Caribbean Development Bank um, did an assessment of the Caribbean um, student loan system and found that the Caribbean lenders rely on sending statements, if they do, to parents or the, or the co-signers who are made locally, but the students who are actually the primary borrowers, um, just like that was my experience, would not receive student loan statements or information directly. So that brings that disconnect and just opens up the, the, the possibility for confusion and additional interest on the student loan.
0: You know, what you, uh, what you just described is, is, is so important because there are people who would be listening to this and, and they'll be shocked because in the U.S., you, you get your interests, um, you get your statements monthly. Am I not correct? Then you're correct. informed. And you're that, informed. Is required,
1: that is required by law.
0: Um, mm-hmm. However,
1: there, in the Caribbean, it's not required uh, or in, in many Caribbean countries, it's not required by law. Um, actually, my Caribbean student loan in, 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 in St. Kitts, the statements, the agreement for the statements was actually to send it um, quarterly. However, when you make a monthly payment, it would take you f- um, a number of months to even realize how that would be applied, even if you do receive the, the statement um, quarterly. Sometimes the, the statements weren't issued at all, Mm-hmm. So you could go two quarters without receiving a statement and you're making payments every month and not knowing exactly what how that payment is being applied and how interest is building up, whether there's outstanding interest, whether there's fees. There's no way for you to know if you don't have that statement.
0: Yeah, you know, um, student lending—it's—it's it's a big business. It's a big business in the U.S. It's becoming a big business in the U.K. When I first moved to the U.K., university was subsidized, like it is in much of Europe. So you don't pay to go to university. You get a seat in, and I mean, I guess you pay for your books or whatnot, but tuition is is taken care of because it's subsidized by the state. But that's changed now. Um, in in britain you borrow money now to go to school to pay for tuition so it's it's slowly becoming like like the u.s where students are graduating not with as much debt as in the u.s but with some debt you know and um i think it's it's kind of a shame that university education is becoming such a big business because students are the ones suffering i know so many talented young people who who want to go to university because they actually, they have a desire to study something very specific in science or math or engineering or something that you would need a, a, a kind of um, a degree you would need to, to do specific jobs. And they're deterred because they don't want to take out debt. And I think that's really sad. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So it's, of course, graduating with, with um, you know, massive student loans um, is, is, is a big hindrance to, to millennials mm-hmm. and to the women who, who disproportionately carry um, those student loans. Um, what that means is that we, um, any Caribbean millennial woman, woman who is pursuing a higher education has to be very savvy about how they pursue and fund their higher education. Mm-hmm. Although the, there's widespread availability of student loans and um, that is what is presented as the, I guess, um, the deal you have to make in, in order to get a head, higher education. There are a lot of um, scholarships available for mm-hmm. students who want mm-hmm. to pursue um, a higher education in the U S in particular, there is the good neighbor scholarship that is specifically for Caribbean international students mm-hmm. that um, for the schools that are eligible um, um, where students can attend and receive that scholarship at that university in the, in the U S they can get tuition paid mm-hmm. um, and covered by that scholarship. So that is a very um, good scholarship to pursue, to, to, to minimize it, the amount of debt you have to take on. Um, secondly, there is a interest-free student loan offered by the Organization of American States, mm-hmm. and that is available to Caribbean um, students as well once they have a U.S. Um, co-signer. A U.S. Um, co-signer. Mm, interesting. Yes. So that means your, thing, aunt, your auntie or your
0: uncle or your cousin exactly, or your big sis really, yes, is going to be co-signing your loan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interest-free.
1: Wow. Um, okay. And then and another thing that um, Caribbean um, students should know is that because of you know technology and and um, more agreements between local community colleges in the Caribbean, um, they have agreements where you can actually transfer your community college credit from the Caribbean to a U.S. university, and that allows you to reduce the amount of years you need to spend in university and then, of course, reduce the costs that you need to cover. Fantastic. Those were brilliant, 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 brilliant
0: um, suggestions for people to explore. And, and as we get nearer to the end of the interview, obviously, you will give us your website and more details on that so people can find out more about that. But that's a really good segue into um, my next question, which is how can women go about prioritizing learning about money because really at the end of the day it's about understanding money isn't it and how money works that's right
1: well um the caribbean millennial women we have to uh, prioritize learning about money and putting our personal finances first um we i think the caribbean and i know the caribbean you know, we do not have um, robust um, financial education, whether within you know the school system, or even um, you know with even with um, you know even with within the the public sphere, we do not learn much um, beyond. I mean, you know, we know we we have a culture of saving, mm-hmm. um, we have a culture of pooling resources, and those are things that we should continue and leverage. But um, we are in, now in the 21st century, um, we have student loans that are proliferating. We have instant credit and credit cards coming to the Caribbean. Oh, yes. Those in the, in the diaspora, mm-hmm. um, living in the U.S., who or, are or, um, second generation in the U.S., um, debt, um, the Caribbean American women here, millennial women here in the U.S., we, we share the same burden um, in terms of the higher um, attendance to university having higher um, levels of, of student loan debt and credit card debt. So we are living in a time where our parents, they don't know, they didn't use a credit card. You go to the store, you pay cash, oh, no. you don't have money, you stay home and eat something off the tree, right?
0: Yeah, with our, now, pa- our parents and grandparents don't, didn't grow up and they don't believe in this culture of debt. It's not
1: their way. Yes. And that doesn't mean that they didn't borrow, but, but just, but they paid they, off the level was not the same and the, the instant and the, the never ending cycle of always owing, you know, that was not something, um, that, 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 that was part of their lives, yeah. but we live in a more financialized and credit system. Mm. Um, and that means that we have to, have to be even more educated about money. Absolutely. Um,
0: You know, you made some really good points because as a person from the Caribbean myself, I know growing up, you know, we have the susu or the han or the pool. Every island in the Caribbean has it. We call it something different. Um, A lot of countries in the world have it. And I grew up seeing my mother participate in that ever since I was a child, you know. And... I grew up seeing people around me save, like constantly saving, you know, even to this day as a grown woman, my mother's always like, are you saving your money? (laughs) Make sure you're saving your money. So I think, you know, you're absolutely right in that we grow up in this culture of saving money and, and learning how to, to, you know, make something out of nothing and all this other stuff. But at the same time, there isn't a lot of financial literacy. And you alluded to that when you said that we don't learn it in school um and we don't learn it you know um it's not like in the u.s for example you've got people like yourself and you've got suzy orman and you've got this body and you've got c-span and you know all is not c-span that sports but you know what i mean all these big american networks that focus on finance and everything else what do you think is that disconnect how is it that you can come from a culture that values saving and and being frugal but at the same time does not understand money like doesn't have financial literacy because it sounds a bit bizarre but it's true
1: well I'm not I'm I'm, I have to rely on my you know my personal experience Mm -hmm. um, and just you know just just what I saw growing up I feel as though I don't want to say that it's intentional, Mm -hmm. but um, the the fact is that if you, the less financial educated we are, Mm -hmm. the more money the financial system can make off of us. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Okay. So if, 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 and I've seen this happen, um, you know, to some family members where they, you know, they didn't grow up with um, a line of credit. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are accustomed to having, well, you have your savings, you might have a mortgage, and that's it. When um, a banker says, well, we have this line of credit, um, you can get a line of credit of $10,000. And it's not like a loan where you pay every month, you just use it and you pay a little bit of the principal and mostly interest. If I'm not educated about how a line of credit works, then this financial institution is going to make the most money off of me when I think, oh, well, I'm making, I just use this line of credit. I don't really know what it is. I just use it. It's attached to my house um, as a, as a, a home equity line of credit. And then I pay a little bit on it. And then when I look up, you know, the line of credit is maxed out and I'm paying mostly interest. So, um, i just think it's not a priority to to educate the masses mm-hmm. um, and the, the, the and you you have to you have to wonder the financial system makes more money the less educated you are mm-hmm. and if you and another thing that i think even millennials are here speaking on 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 um you know on social media people in the women in the caribbean mm-hmm. they've been po- pointing out we have so many advertisement advertisements about financial products in terms of loans Mm. in terms of credit where's the advertisement about investing Mm. so I think it's a mindset of the system that this is what we want to offer to um, to the customers we want to offer the loan and that's how they make money this is not saying that it's bad or evil but at the end of the day um, the financial system is focusing on what makes them the profits and the absence of financial literacy makes it um, even more possible for them to do that. That is such
0: a brilliant answer. That is such a brilliant answer, seriously, and such a good point. And we live in these consumerist cultures and these consumerist societies, and they know that, and they know how to feed off of our insecurities and our lack of self-control, and they sell all of these savvy financial products to us that we buy into. And like you said, you don't realize, oh, now I've got debt. Because debt come, You you know, you can easily rack up debt, so easy. And then you don't even realize, and then you've got, big, big loan, whether it's, you know, personal credit or a line of credit or you've taken out a, a, a home line of, uh, how do you call it? A HELOC, a home equity loan. The home
1: equity line of credit. Yeah. And then the, the sad thing comes when you have all of them.
0: Oh my God. And you know what I think is a shame? I don't know about all the banks in the Caribbean, but I believe that banks need to step up to the plate and offer more financial education to their customers because I believe the customer should be empowered. Now I do agree with you. They they don't benefit from, from having empowered customers, but at the same time, I think they can because what happens, for example, when... You have all these people coming into a bank and saying they want to take out a mortgage. Let's use a mortgage as an example. And they don't even have the basics. They've never, they don't have any established credit. They don't even know about various credit agencies. They don't know the basics of buying a house. That makes your job as a banker even more difficult. So I feel like it should, it's in the bank's interest to at least offer some kind of basic financial education. And I'm not entirely sure there are a lot of banks in the Caribbean doing that.
1: I don't know. Um I, I I don't I don't think so. I know that in, in the OECS, um, the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, sure. which um St. Kitts and Nevis is a member of, mm-hmm. the central bank does do um financial education and a financial education campaign, financial literacy campaign, um every October. Um, what I've found is, is lacking is that. You know, it, although that's a, that's a great effort, it's mm-hmm. it's not very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 have millennials who operate from their phones, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are in constant contact with friends around the world through WhatsApp or social media, and um, there's no that there's not much online programming. Mm-hmm. There's no information about student loans. During mm-hmm. any f- um, f- financial um, literacy mm-hmm. um, campaign um, and although banks um, can benefit from empowered um, consumers mm-hmm. um, from empowered clients, mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day their they, their role is to to make profits and yeah. it kind of puts and, and I think you, we cannot rely on banks to mm-hmm. provide the only financial education sure. um i think banks have an opportunity to maybe you know have a have a come together and have a foundation that just focuses on um supporting financial education efforts um, but i don't want people to 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 expect or expect to go to a bank expect mm-hmm. to go to a loan officer um, and expect that they're going to be giving them financial advice because that's put, puts them in kind of a conflict.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the, the loan officer at the bank, they can educate you on their products. They can educate on what, what they offer. They can educate you on about how, um, their loan products work. Um, but I don't think you can expect them to say, well, you're approved for $15,000, you know, only take five to limit your risk. Right? Mm, Right. right. It's not in their interest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, they had, so that's, and that's exactly why, you know, I, Created yourmoneyworth.com you're filling that gap
0: you're filling that gap yes absolutely you are and you're a millennial yourself and you you've what you what you preach about what you teach what you consult about is actually something that you have done so you're in the perfect position to actually go out there and help others you know this reminds me so much of a conversation The, the last podcast I did Um, with Lanice and Lanice is a hormonal coach. And we had a very similar conversation about when you go to the doctor, you need to be empowered, you know, because so many people praise and worship doctors. They think doctors know it all and we know they don't, but they have this attitude that the doctor, you know, is the person that knows more about you than your health. And the, at the end of the day, it's the same thing with these bankers. Do not go into a bank expecting them to know it all and to tell, tell it all. You, know, you need to go in there like you would into a doctor's office and have your questions and be empowered, whether it is about your bun, your money or your body or what have you. And don't put yourself in this passive victim role of expecting them to give you anything because it's not going to work that way. It just doesn't.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's getting the information that you need in order to be empowered. That's that's where that's where the need is. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So how how can um, Caribbean millennial um, women uh, how can they benefit from education while at the same t- whilst at the same time minimizing debt?
1: So, um, you know, some of the points that I, I made before, which mm-hmm. is um, exp- you you have to shop around the, the same way that we can shop around online for items that we want, products that we want. We, you have to shop around for um, the education that you want to get, but for the cheapest price possible. Um, explore. College, um, colleges and universities that have um, specific agreements with Caribbean countries, um, some universities like Cameron University, Midwestern State University, they do recreatively from the Caribbean and offer scholarships that can provide in-state um, um, in tuition rates, which are much lower than international student rates. Um, the University of the Virgin Islands, um, I know with St. Kitts and Nevis has an agreement where they accept the community college credit from the local um, community college um, at the University of Virgin Islands, therefore reducing the amount of years they have to spend there to get a degree. Um, another key thing is that the reality is if, if most um, students will take on a student loan, And when you have a student loan from a Caribbean lender, or any lender rather, um, you have to be very aware um, about what you're signing up for, understand what the terms are, what the interest is, and you have to keep track of your um, student loan balance and your payments on your own to make sure that when you graduate, you are ahead of, of your payments and you are Um, making sure that the payments you make when you're in school are being applied to the principal or the interest um, properly. Um, The Caribbean student loans, the lenders, um, many of them don't do a good job of not not only keeping you informed, but um, of addressing and avoiding mishaps on your account. Yeah. Um, When you when you're in the dark about your student loan or you're not paying attention or keeping track, you you can end up having fees that are unexplained, adding to your costs. So when you take a student loan, you have to you have to be very hands on about what's going on with it and you don't have to use all the funds that you approved for. Find ways to reduce your costs, and when you do use a student loan, um, minimize how much you have to take, and stay on top of your payments and how much interest is accruing. And even when you have um, summer jobs, you can start making payments before they're due, apply it to the principal so that by the time you graduate, you, are, you actually have a head start on repaying your student loans. Fantastic. And, um, Scholarships, even on my website, yourmoneyworth.com, I have scholarships that are specifically for Caribbean international students and Caribbean Americans uh, in the U.S. So that's a good place and a good resource to start to find scholarships to reduce your costs and, um, you know, explore the option of having um, online, online education that may be cheaper, again, part of shopping around to still benefit from advancing your higher education, but being very aware and savvy about costs.
0: Right. You know, some people hold the view that just don't worry about student loans because it's good debt and just sort of, you know, laid back, you know, no big deal. Um, You're probably going to be paying paying it off for the rest of your
1: life anyway. What's your view on that position? My view is that debt is debt is debt. (laughs) So, um, debt is, debt is debt. (laughs) Yes. But when you're taking on debt, you have to look at debt is, is how is it ultimately helping you reach your goals and is it helping you or hurting you? Mm. And how do you know whether it's helping you or hurting you? Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to a higher education, if, if, if the amount of student loans you're taking on is more than you can expect from the starting salary you're gonna have with the degree that you are pursuing. It becomes very hard, um, for example, if you're taking on $60,000 in student loans, and when you get your degree, the expecting salary that you can get is 35,000. So, using that rule of thumb, you can see, um, how to limit the amount of debt you use an, as an investment or a leverage to achieve a higher, um, a career advancing degree. But you have to make sure that the degree that you're using the debt for is going to allow you to realize the earnings that is going to um, not only pay back for that loan, but actually enable you to, to earn enough money to actually save and invest as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Debt is debt is debt. <laughs> wow. Um, so let's talk now about family. Okay. So anyone coming from a culture background or by culture background, I mean, okay, you're coming from the Caribbean, Latin America, Africa, you know, the Middle East, you come from these big families and you know, it's like you operate as this one unit and everybody's yeah. helping everybody. You know, this is culture, you know, as we know it, you know, you're not, it's not like say your average American family where everybody's just doing their own thing, right? You come from a background where you help your brothers and sisters, you help your cousins, you help the extended family. That's just the way it works. So for people who, who are from the Caribbean and similar cultures, how can they balance their financial obligations to themselves and their families, which is very, very challenging sometimes when you have to help your parents and your grandparents or your younger brothers and sisters, or maybe you're the breadwinner in the family. Maybe you're the first in the family to go off to university and you've always been the leader in terms of money, in having money. How, you know, you know different scenarios. How, how can women balance, uh, millennial Caribbean women balance this finance, these obligations to themselves and their families.
1: So the first thing is that um, you have to prioritize your personal finance for yourself first. Mm. And that means making sure that you have a, a buffer and an emergency fund for yourself. Because yes, we I, I love the fact, and I think that's a way that we ha- we can survive is to pool our resources. You know, to we help our parents or extended family, and then when we need help, they can help us. Um, we live in multi-generational households, which is not uncommon or something new or something that's coming back, like how it's presented in America. It's something we've always done it in common. the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, yes, yeah. it's, it's very prominent, and um, it's it's useful too. It's not only practical, but it helps us. Um, it helps us share, um, you know, spread the financial responsibilities among, you know, among, you know, both the old, older and younger generation, different generations. Um, but as a, a Caribbean millennial woman, you must, again, we are growing up in a different era than our parents and grandparents. So family is important to us. Um, helping out is important to us. But um, if if we are graduating with with student loans, Um, And then we are going to be starting a family and then we still have to um, secure our retirement um, because we're going to be living longer than, than our spouses or our significant others. And then we're having less children. So we have less children to look after us. Mm. We Caribbean millennial women, we have to prioritize our finances first. So um, be, be very, um, keep debt at bay, at bay. And limit, um, you know, what that you take on even for your family as well. So um, put a limit on what you can help with with your family. Um, you can help with um, maybe covering a bill, but you can't help with co-signing on a, a car loan. So mm-hmm. you decide, um, you know, what limit you have to put in place um, for the help that you're going to give. Um, make sure that you have that financial buffer, an emergency fund, cash, you know, Tap into that that culture of saving, but having that cash on hand as a as a financial buffer for yourself. And especially if you're the first in your family to go to college, maybe you're the first to have a prof- professional job and a professional income. Um, still, if you 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 might have the obligation of student loans, or, or some other type of debt. Um, so. You 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 have to have that financial buffer for yourself because even though you 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 might be helping and then you might get help, um, the help that you can get might not extend to these additional financial obligations you have. So it's just important to have that financial cushion for yourself. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think doesn't get get um, talked about or focused on is when because we you know we operate in this extended family system um supporting each other and maybe us supporting our parents more more so as they get old as as they get older um we need to be to have more conversations with our families about money about their situation Mm. Um, if, if, if you are the first in your, um, family or the oldest daughter, um, and you know that you're going to be expected to deal with the burial expenses, um, you may have to look at not only getting life insurance for yourself, but life insurance for your parents too. Mm. Um, make sure you understand what what is going on with, with your extended family, the ones who rely on you and you rely on them, what is going on with their finances as well? Are they taking on too much debt? Um, can we work together to, to improve our finances, um, both your, your personal, while you're helping the people in your expe- extended family improve their finances as well? So you need to educate your family as well. The owners,
0: once you've been educated, you then need to turn around and educate your family members. It sounds like that's what you're saying so that everybody in the family is, is on the same page. Exactly. Mm. Very, very, very important. So Melissa, what final parting words or words of advice do you have for the Caribbean millennial woman or any other female who's just starting out in business, who's listening to this podcast and who's, about to maybe you know that's just random scenario maybe she's at a crossroads where she can start a business or she can go to university she's got options um what should she do what advice do you have for her should she do both so she go to uni and start the business while she's in uni or should she start the business first and use the ink some income from the business to pay for her university or should she go to university get the education first and have that as her backup plan and then
1: pursue the business.
0: What are your thoughts and what advice would you share?
1: Well, I think it, it depends on the person. But what I would say is that, um, now you do have the choice to do both. Mm. Um, I think most, most international students, most international um, students from the Caribbean who are women, you know, usually work first before they go to university yeah so they could work or um or or use that business to generate funds before they go university as a buffer between um sixth form and university and the good thing now about age we live in is that if you can run your business online or set up an online portion of your business you can continue that while you're in school so i think um it's a great opportunity to have the options yeah. and um, definitely even if it's not a full-fledged business doing some t- type of um, side hustle or way to earn income um, while you're in university or, or even if you if you just want to pursue a career um, having a side hustle online using your skills is definitely the way to go to to again help you with the loans that you take out and buffer your finances.
0: Great, great advice. There are a lot of young women now who are starting businesses in university and what they're doing is they're graduating into their business. So they start it up, slowly, slowly build it. Like you said, have the side hustle. They've got three years or four years or however long they're in university for. And they've built it up to a point that when they're done with university, they can actually work for themselves in their business full time. And that's a great strategy, I think.
1: And then the, the, I think the, more than choosing which path to go, um, what to do first or next, is that I think um, Caribbean millennial women, you know, just, you have to be committed to managing your finances well, increasing your knowledge about personal finance, and um, matching your financial behavior um, to to the goals that you want and the the type of um, finances that you want. So it doesn't mean that you have to save everything. It doesn't mean that, you're never going to take on any debt, but you have to keep in mind um, the financial moves that you're making, the way you use your money, um, how you allocate it, how is it helping you to reach your goals, how is it helping you to be more secure, and even when you, um, even when you maybe make some financial mistakes, which I have, um, you know, just being committed to, again, learning, uh, increasing your personal finance knowledge, and just a commitment to managing your finances well. Definitely, that's such good
0: advice, such good advice. Wow, it has been so nice speaking with you. We could We could talk forever because this is such an important topic. But tell us um, now, Melissa, where
1: can we find you? Well, you can find me at yourmoneyworth.com. Okay. and I know we didn't we didn't touch on this, but any um, Caribbean millennial woman or um, anyone who has a student loan, you can actually find out more about um, the resource that I created student loan answers at melissabutta.com. Okay. So if you're on your way to college and you want to avoid, um, you know, any mishaps on your student loans. If you have to take it, um, you know, learn how to start paying down and minimizing the, the amount of debt you have definitely visit melissabutta.com as well.
0: Okay. So there's lots of resources on your website. So what, what are the kinds of things that people will learn or see when they land on your website?
1: So on my website, um, I have scholarships for Caribbean and Caribbean American um, students, um, information about Caribbean student loans, um, articles like how you can um, set up a financial foundation for yourself, um, money lessons from um, your Caribbean roots, um, breaking down how student loans work and um, general personal finance topics about saving and um, paying off debt. Great, 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 great. And in terms of the other work that you do, I
0: know you do speaking engagements. I know uh, you've done consultations in the past. Are there any projects you're working on now where you're looking for others to collaborate with, or maybe you're you're looking to get into a special project that you'd like to share with us. Maybe you're looking for someone that person might be listening in and how they can contact
1: you. Well, uh, my contact information is on my website. I'm just trying to continue to grow the community of Caribbean millennials, um, saving, investing, and getting on the other side of debt. Um, Right now with my book, Student Loan Answers, I am working with, Bloggers and um, other business women in the Caribbean who will be doing giveaways just to to, um, give people in the Caribbean an opportunity to get um, one of the student loan answers book um, for free, um, just to spread the word about it, so that the next 140,000 in Caribbean students going to school have are, are much more educated on the student loans that they're taking. So. If there are um, anyone listening who would like to collaborate, they can definitely contact me on my website or, or um, email me at Melissa at your Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much, Melissa.
1: You know, you, I don't know if you are the first,
0: but I, to me, you are the (laughs) Um, first—not only millennial, but woman who's doing this for the Caribbean community, not just at home but in the diaspora and where you're based. And I think that's just phenomenal. You're a first, and I think that's really exciting. And I hope that you 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 lead the way for others because one day it will be great if we can go online and type in, you know. caribbean financing education whatever and
1: there's 20 melissas you know what i mean and yes the 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 space is 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 very open and i'm I'm glad to be here to start to fill it
0: yeah and you know you you are the first so it's it'll be amazing to see how things grow and progress but what you're you're such a leader in everything that you're doing and your role is so important you know there was no melissa when i left my little island and, and went off to university, you know, it was just like, okay, yeah, you're going to get this degree, you get the scholarships, you get the grants, you get the loans, you, you know, there wasn't any real education. So you're really, really, really um, filling a gap and providing information for a lot of people. And it's just, it's just amazing the work that you do. So thank you for all that you do.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's really, um, I always say I created something that I wanted to when I was leaving at 16 after high school. So I'm happy to hear you see that.
0: Yeah. And like I said, um, lovely rare birds. Do remember, Melissa isn't someone that's just doing this. She's someone doing it based on her own experience. Remember, she paid off her own student loans. So she's speaking from a very authentic place. There are a lot of people out there giving advice who've actually never been in in a position where they've they've felt um straddled by debt so i think that's what make the work that's what makes melissa's work so so much more unique so do get in touch and do reach out and i hope you learned something because i know i did i always learn something from these amazing conversations thank you again melissa for being on the secret birds podcast and i hope to have you on again soon thank you marvelous okay bye for now